Welcome to the Choose Chat Podcast, where we share real conversations about real life. We are women on fire and passionate about Jesus and love sharing our stories of faith. We know God believes in you, and we believe in you. And our prayer is that our conversations will encourage you to see how God is at work in your everyday life. So let's chat. Welcome to the Choose Chat Podcast, where we have real conversations about real life situations and the choices we make. My name is Jill Miller, and with me is my good friend, Laura Pedersen, and we are so excited to have our first guest on today's podcast. Yes, we are excited to have Rochelle Rawson with us today. And she is a person that just exudes joy continuously. Welcome, Rochelle. Thank you for having me. Yeah. She is very in love with her Savior. She is a wife, mother of six, and enjoys throwing praise parties. So we want to hear more about those parties. Rochelle's favorite thing, besides being a mama and a wife, is to tell Jesus stories and have adventure serving the King of Kings. She love has that. lived a life choosing the world and its darkness, and that, to her, felt like death, right? That is a true story. Yes. All of it, I will... I will second that. Yes. yes, it's true. So choosing Jesus is actually living. It is. Amen. And Rochelle chooses to live out her purpose with him. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. So tell us a little bit about these praise parties and um, the joy that you bring and how you came to that. Man, uh, the praise parties. Well, I think that in no matter what we do, we can have praise parties. Like today, for instance, I um, had an hour to spend with my youngest, the baby, and I took her to, we call it the fun place, which is the launch pad. Oh. And I'm pretty sure that I thanked God for her like at least 20 times. Like every smile, every, you know, that I had the opportunity to do that. Listen, being um, in love with Jesus is an adventure, and it is one big party. Yes. So why not celebrate yes. every day in all You've things? You've had an adventure, though. You told me your name was inmate number 13745-029. Tell us the story of that inmate. That is true. So I have um, been to federal prison. I spent two years in federal prison. My sentence was four and a half years. But before... Wow. I tell you that. Let me tell you how I got there. Just a I'd little love bit. That. Yes. Uh, so I grew up probably with every kind of trauma that you can think of. Uh, you know, got passed around a lot. Went to ten different schools from kindergarten to fourth grade. Mm -hmm. Lived in six different foster homes, and I believed that love was something that had to be earned. If you didn't love me, then it meant um, that I was a throwaway or a reject, or it was something that I did. Right. And as a little girl, I uh, had loved Jesus, which is another whole story in itself. Um, I wanted to know him. And I even found these poems from my little girl self, and they were all about Jesus, like God is oh. love, right? Like forgiveness comes through Jesus. Oh. And I can, I even found one where I talked about um, Christmas and I said that um, we get the name Merry Christmas because Mary is Jesus's mom oh. and Christ um, is in Christmas. And we added mass on the end of it to sound cool. That was, <laughs> so that I was, love that. That was my little girl self. But because of trauma, I had a skewed um, output on what I thought that God was and exactly how he would love me. I related how I, I felt in the world to God. In 2007, I got saved. I completely fell in love with Jesus, which is a whole nother cool Jesus story in itself. <laughs> um, and 
I, you know, did a lot of mission work, told everybody about Jesus. I recognized that you could have a personal relationship with him. However, a couple things. Um, one, I didn't have deep roots. And two, I still believed that love had to be earned and that I had to be good enough. And before my fall, I became very prideful. A couple things happened. One, I became very prideful. And I remember I was in church one day and um, my pastor, Pastor Jeff, was talking about sin. And I said, I don't even think I sin. Oh, I wow. said, Oh wow! <laughs> I said I don't red li- flag, red right. flag, completely, completely, completely. I said I don't, I don't lie, I don't cheat, I don't steal. And then I said it like hit me, and I said, God, make me need you. And oh. then I said, I said, God, I love you so much. If I were tempted in the desert for forty days and forty nights, I would pass mm. the flying colors. Wow. Yeah, as if I could be Jesus. Wow. (laughs) Let me tell you, the first time I was tempted, I fell so hard and so fast. Wow. Um, And and the other thing that led to the fall is I had one unconfessed sin that um, I held on to. And I literally remember it was like hiding, like Adam and Eve, how they hid from God. Mm. I remember feeling like that was me, but I kept going. Mm. And, um, you know, sin is only fun for a season. Right. It reminds me of a vampire in those old school vampire movies. Hopefully nobody's seen them. But (laughs) (laughs) the vampires are beautiful and seductive Mm -hmm. and and they offer this life that seems fun, but underneath Mm -hmm. they're rotting and they're decaying. And before you know it, they suck your blood and and it's it's over. Right. Mm, And and yeah. Such a good Wow. What analogy. Yeah. Yeah. That's. That's how I feel. It is. It is. It's a lot. You know, the enemy lies and he says, oh, you know what? You can just do these things on the weekend. So mm-hmm. I, I separated from my husband and um, I didn't know how to grieve. I hadn't, didn't have deep roots. I didn't deal with my trauma and I needed a time of sifting. God, I, I look, looking back now, I definitely see why God allowed this. It was so necessary and mm. I'm so grateful for it. Wow. To say that. Yeah. So spending grateful. two years in prison. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That is faith, girl. So grateful. So grateful, which... We will get there. Yeah. We will get there. <laughs> yeah, let's see. We will get there. But but I, I didn't have my kids. And, and my identity also, I think, was in my kids more than Jesus mm. in a way. And so without my kids, there was, there was a calm. I didn't know um, how to love me for me. Right. And so I started drinking with the girls from work. Uh, it, it went from one drink to secretly asking for double shots from the bar. And then before I knew it, somebody offered me meth in the bathroom one night. Oh. I did it. I literally went um, from partying to homeless in probably about six months. Wow. I can remember in the depths of my addiction, it was probably 2 a.m. I was walking the streets alone. And I can remember, I mean, I lost my career of 12 years. I wasn't seeing my kids. I told my wow. parents I had a problem. And they said, you can't see the kids, rightly so. Right. And I remember feeling like God was saying, daughter, what is it going to take to bring you back to me? Like, when is it enough? And it wasn't enough. It was like this big oppression over me as if I were still searching for this love in the world that the world could never give me. Right. And, and the places I was choosing to get the love were dark. Mm. And, and these people didn't even love themselves. So right. how could they love me? I was going right. to fix them or change them or make them well. Um, and I went to some, yeah, I went, I went against all my morals and values. I would even justify things like, well, Jesus hung out with sinners, so I can too. Right. However, I'm witnessing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. However, he wasn't a sinner. Right? Right. He didn't participate. Exactly. Um, and so that's why, you know, when you think you're standing firm, 
right? Mm. And and I also believe as believers, that yes, we need to be with unbelievers and love on people everywhere we go, but we don't need to hang out right. in um, places where we could we could fall, fall. and especially alone. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, ended up getting with a guy who was in a gang. Yeah, I thought that that would go real well. Um, <laughs> it's so easy to look back, right? Yeah. It's, it's like I was going to so make him be a family man. <laughs> yes. yes. So Save serious. him? Was yep. there a part of saving absolutely. him? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Wow. And um, I ended up getting pregnant. And the day that I found out I was pregnant was the day that I stopped doing drugs. And that will be 10 years ago, this Thanksgiving, actually. Oh, so a decade you. ago. Yes. Good for you. Uh, even though, so I got pregnant, I stopped doing drugs and I tried to step away from that life. Right. Uh, however, he sold a lot of drugs. I, I knew that he was selling them. I was aware he was selling them. Um, long story short, I ended up getting indicted for conspiracy to distribute methamphetamines, um, which actually carried a 10 year mandatory minimum sentence. And, um, I ended up getting four and a half, half years, I was in federal court, which I used to be a court reporter, so yeah. I know their mandatory sentencing guidelines. There are, and, yeah, and you serve more time in federal court. You do, it's yes. A way different than being in. It's like totally state different. District court. It was yes. when you get a letter that says Rochelle Rawson versus the United States of America. Yeah, that's scary. That's scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I never, you never, as a little, that little girl, thought that I would end up in federal right. prison. Right. Like I was not some big drug dealer. Right. Uh, I. Yeah, I, never I have got- to say, though, I have seen so many cases. Meth is one of the most, I think it's just the venom of the enemy. Absolutely. Gr- you get one hit, people can be addicted. I We sentenced so many people that lost their lives so quickly Six to months, that drug. Partying, so homeless. Mm-hmm. I lived in an abandoned warehouse. And so during this time, Rochelle, you were sentenced to this and you were pregnant. And I, well, okay, so let me, let me backtrack a little bit. Um, I'm going to tell you a Jesus story. Okay. All right. Perfect. Yes, we were going to hear a Jesus <laughs> yeah. story, yeah, everybody. A Jesus story. Okay. So um, when I found out I was pregnant, I decided uh, that I wanted to be obedient to God no matter what. And when you're homeless and you're not living life and you start to do life again, it's really hard. You have a lot of obstacles to overcome. It's a big web of things. And I can remember there was a time where I wanted to steal toilet paper and I chose not to. And, and I'm, I, I might even get emotional. But I chose not to, and um, somebody showed up, and I did not ask with a ton of, my, it was my sponsor at the time, not knowing with a ton of toilet paper, you oh know, my on my goodness. footsteps. Um, I was driving, and uh, I lost my beauty license. I let it expire. My insurance, I got an insurance ticket, and I was, like, trying to get my life back together. And I said, God, will you just dump a bunch of money in my lap? I need your help right now. And I had a friend that called me, and she lived in Washington, D.C., and she said, hey, I just want to tell you, I just sent you a, a, a money order to Walmart. And she said, I don't know, I just felt like God was supposed to, I was supposed to send you a money wow. order. And I go to Walmart, and it was the exact amount I needed to get my beauty license renewed. Oh, my goodness. Um, just, like, little things like that. So he was, like, showing me that he was there. Yeah. Uh, and thank God for me. the obedience of a friend. Yes. yes. To Amen. Actually, yeah. Amen, right? And he was showing you his love. You know, I yes. think a lot of people listening to this, we may not have the dramatic story of prison or whatever, but I, I believe through all my years of ministry that knowing that we are loved is probably the biggest barrier, I think, for Amen. most of us. Mm-hmm. Because we do so many crazy things because we're striving, we're trying to win love, we don't feel worthy. It's at the core of so much of our struggles in our faith. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that 
you were able to overcome that mm-hmm. and to feel God's love. A hundred percent. Amen. 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 And, and, and the enemy, he told me a lot of things like your Christian friends, they wouldn't love you. Mm. And I was teaching Sunday school prior to my fall. You are not welcome back into the church. You right. had your one chance with God mm-hmm. and you blew it as if I could embarrass God. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. Like yes. you can't hold your head high ever again. Right. And so he continued to just pour his blessings out on me. I um, got a job at Rick and Company doing hair, and um, my abuser, the gang member, my co-defendant, he and I was pregnant. He came, he stole my vehicle that I had, and um, I was really embarrassed. I had to get a ride home. I got a ride home. I, I was I got a little apartment. I got like some assistance and had my own little apartment. And um, I was just like screaming out to God. I was like repenting. I was like, God, I am so sorry that you entrusted these three kids to me. Because all I ever, growing up, all I ever wanted to do was be a mom and make a difference in the world. Right. Right. And so it's so much shame over the fact that I messed that up. And so Mm. I was just like repenting, God, I'm so sorry that you gave me these three kids and I messed up. I'm so sorry that, you know, I did all of these things, A, B, C, and D. And I said, and and then I started pouring out the desires in my heart. I said, all I want to do is work for you. All I want to do is be a mom. All I want to do is make a difference. All I want to do is have a godly husband one day. And I said, and I don't want to lose this baby. Cause at that time the feds were starting to come to me and say, Hey, we know what's happening. If you don't cooperate with the federal government, you're going to go to federal prison. Uh, and all of these things like we're aware and, and did not want to lose my baby. Right. So I said, God, you know, you know that cry where you mm-hmm. cry and you're like, yes. snot nose. <laughs> <laughs> the ugly the cry. Ugly cry. We ugly. It. And it's like, <laughs> you right? can't breathe. Yeah. And you're like, no one look. Yes. Yes. So I went, sat down on my couch. I said, God, will you give me a sign that it's going to be okay? And I looked over and I have no idea where this came from, um, from this point. I still don't know. And there was a typed up letter and it said a love letter um, from your father. And there were all of these Bible verses And the one that my eye immediately went to um, is that I will give you the desires of your heart. Mm. I still have the letter. It's framed. It's in my bathroom. Oh, my goodness. And so I took that as a promise because I did know that God is faithful to keep his promises. Mm -hmm. And I knew that if he, um, I knew that if he would do it for Abraham and Sarah, he would do it for me, even if I was 90. Mm. And so I literally recognized that nothing in this world belongs to me and that everything belongs to him. And I just laid it on the foot of the cross. But let me tell you, after I got that promise, a lot of really bad things happened. I got federally indicted for conspiracy. They took my baby and they gave her to my first, um, the first person that ever abused me. And, um, and so I was not only fighting to get my baby out of that house, but get, um, not go to federal prison for 10 years. I was Mm. cooperating for the federal government. And, um, I was also trying to be a mom to my other kids. And, and so, yeah, it was probably the toughest time ever. Um, I did end up getting my baby out of that house. She did end up getting, I thank you, Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, she did end up getting adopted and that's a whole nother Jesus story in itself. And, that, and out of, I would say out of all of the trauma, out of everything, losing the baby was the hardest sure. thing. Um, that's a whole nother Jesus story. Uh, and so I did end up getting sentenced to four and a half years in federal prison. I ended up serving two years and um, I, I went and for me, more than going to prison would have been wasting that time. Right. Because I felt like I wasted so much purpose and time in mm-hmm. my addiction. 
that I didn't want to waste one more minute. And so I was like, I'm going on a mission trip. But here's the deal. I went on a mission trip to get well. Mm-hmm. I went to figure out who he is so I could figure out who I was. That's I went beautiful. to get And what a different per, what a perspective. Perspective, yeah. yeah. And it's so much of our life is how we look at those hard things in life. And wow, to look at going to prison as a mission trip, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. I had had a friend who went before me. And it turned her life around. And so I know you're going to think I'm crazy. You're going to be like, you're out of here. I was excited <laughs> at this point to go to federal prison. Wow. I just didn't want to do 10 years. Right. 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 Um, but I also what? know too, Rochelle, because I've been, I've known you for a long time and I knew you before you went in. Yeah. And I just think about all the godly women who surrounded you. 27 letters of amazing record. over yeah. you. I mean, how... How being together in the body of Christ makes such an incredible difference. That's part of why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. One of our tags is we're better together Amen. because we are. Yes. We are. We're supposed to do life together and stand in the gap when someone is you know, in, going through a hard time, stand in the gap, be Jesus for them mm-hmm. and pray for them. And I just, I know firsthand because I saw it, how many people were praying for you. And I remember hearing, I, we weren't that close at that point, but I remember hearing that you were getting ready to go serve your time. And just, it's such a beautiful picture mm-hmm. of what God can do when we are surrendered to him. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, my Bible study ladies, you know, all those lies that mm-hmm. Satan told me, they welcomed me back with open arms. So they cool. made sure I did not want for anything. I would literally spend 12 hours a day in the word, 12 hours a day. And wow. she would, they sent me every Bible study that I would ever need. You were like in college for Jesus. Amen. You know, Amen. It was so necessary. Yeah. I, I went to go use this time as a gift. Yes. Literally, I was like, what other opportunity do you have this amount of time to use as a gift? So right. I, I literally recognized there's a problem and it was me. And I needed to, you know, get rid of every lie that I believed, get super deep roots, figure out what God says about every single thing. I went to heal my trauma. Like if my trauma had trauma, I went to heal it. I took every single class that I could possibly take. I took this program called RDAP, which changed my life. And and it's super amazing. Um, and, and you know, I had people writing me letters from Bible study that I hadn't even met, mm-hmm. like faithfully. And I think about that. Think of how many women don't necessarily have a group like that mm-hmm. that can surround you and support you even from outside I know. of that prison system. And it, it's making me think of a program that we're in the process of um, going through for prison ministry for women in prison where we can talk about choices and the choices you make. It's a 10-week course, but all the things before you leave the prison system that you need to make choices on to make you strong enough to live on the outside of that. And it's called Choose on the Inside. And I just, I think about that in terms of being that support, just like you had those women supporting you. Um, I really love what you just said about making the choices on the inside so you can be different on the outside mm -hmm. frequently. So I I currently work for Youth for Christ. I'm the juvenile justice ministry director. Mm -hmm. I go into juvenile detention and I will say to the kids, I say, who here, we'll have group, I'll say, who here wants to have a family one day? And they all raise their hand. Who here wants to be different Mm -hmm. from your parents? Mm -hmm. They all raise their hand. Who wants to be a parent? They raise their hand. Who wants to be a better parent? They raise their hand, and then I look at them dead somber, and I say, you're not going to be. And then I wait and let the uncomfortable silence happen. I say, unless you start making different choices today, Mm -hmm. because what you do today matters for tomorrow. Wow. That's so good. 
And the same thing with people in prison. They would frequently say, I, I'm just, I just want to get out. I, you know, every day they would complain about being there. And, you know, I'm going to just, I'm not, I'm never coming back. But guess who would come back? Right. Those people. The- because they didn't, one, they didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Two, they were not grateful for every day that they had. And they did not, like, learn any skills or tools to be different. You right. literally are what you think. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you, you learn to challenge your thoughts. You can change your feelings. You can change your actions. You can change the world. Mm-hmm. And until you renew your mind, you're going to make the same exact choices mm-hmm. that led you there because you, you don't know any different. Yeah. And you support know, is everything. Right. Absolutely. Yes. You know, you shared with us that one of your favorite verses is Psalm 63. And to me, you went there with that mentality. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. I love that. It's like you entered prison with that seeking God, thirsting for him. Well, let me tell you, I have searched the ends of the world Mm -hmm. and came up dry every single time. And it is only him that will fill you. And and my favorite, my favorite part is because your love is better than life. Mm. My lips will glorify you. That's the NIV version. My lips, because his love is better than life. And it just goes back to that love you were seeking so hard for. And now guess what? I can live like I'm loved. Right. Right. Such a difference. Yes. When we live like we are loved. And 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 deserving of it. Is is I get to live for an audience of one. Yes. So does it matter? Mm -hmm. Nothing else matters. My, you know, my thoughts on that is always like, he knows my heart. He sees me and that's all that matters. Cause I could get into people pleasing mm-hmm. or um, just different reasons for different things. And I'm always like, you know what? He's all that matters. Audience of one. So how did knowing Jesus change your time in prison? Okay. So can I tell some Jesus stories? Oh, we'd love that. Let's do it. Okay. So a couple things. One, um, every day I would wake up super excited. I would say, how bad could this day be? I get to spend it with Jesus. My feet would hit the floor every day. I was like pumped to make a difference. Um, and you know, let me backtrack a second. So when I was in county jail, jail is totally different than prison. But when I was in jail, I told everyone that I cooperated with the federal government. And it's really funny because everybody, you know, they like to pretend like, oh, you're a snitch or yeah. you told. And um, I didn't really care because here's the deal. I was done trying to fit in with people who again, didn't love themselves, didn't love me. And I, I knew that God would bless the truth right. and not a lot. And I also knew it would help people. I was like, who am I to stop people from getting the help that they need? Right. You know, secrets keep people sick. And it was really crazy because I just like beat to my own drum and I lived for that audience of one. And I would do Bible study all day. And before I knew it, the people, and everybody cooperates, everybody tells anyway, you know, they just want to act like they're not. And um, so the people would slowly start coming over and, you know, start doing Bible studies and asking questions. And that went into when I went into prison and, um, you know, a couple of Jesus stories. So uh, there was this girl. Her name was Bridget. And I have her permission to tell this story. And if you were to think of somebody that might be scary, you might think of her. And she was angry and she tattoos all up her neck. And um, she came to me one day and she said, I don't like you. And she said, you're you're too happy. And in my experience, people that are that happy, mm. she said, they are fake. And wow. I said, it's okay. You don't have to like me. And then um, she was my bunkie. And one day she said, I think you're struggling with entitlement. You have too many books under our bed. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, and, and in the program I was in, you had to take a look at things. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take a look at it. Mm-hmm. 
And then I had been hoarding a lot of devotionals that my friend Starla sent me and I hadn't had a chance to read them. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to secretly put these out and bless all these people on their beds. I'm sure nobody knew it was me. Because they never saw you in yeah, the books at yeah, all. And, and they never knew that I loved Jesus, you know. Um, and, it doesn't show on you or anything. And you don't talk about it much. Yeah. I can't not talk about it. I don't know how not to talk about it. There you go. So she, uh, and she came home from her work and I said, I just got to tell you, I got to thank you. You know, I took these, I made room and, you know, the whole thing. She's like, oh. And then one night in the middle of the night, she woke me up and, um, which can be scary in prison, right? And, right. and um, tears streaming down her face. And she said, my last name is Jervik then. And she said, Jerv, she said, I just keep thinking about that Jesus guy. You talk oh. about alone on the cross, spit at and beaten and lonely and betrayed. And I think that if he died for me, maybe I wouldn't be lonely. Oh my she said, I want what you have. Wow. And so she ended up committing to Jesus and changed her life, right? Like new creation. And I mean, just little things like that, um, that were able to happen. And not because again, I, I just lived out like, you don't, when you love Jesus so much, you don't know how to keep it a secret, Yes. you know? And, and I think it's a part of your, our actions too. Right. Like, I think that she thought that I was going to get upset or, you know, angry as a Christian and right. be like, oh, you don't like me or um, you believe so- you're going to hell. Right? right. And that was never, never. I just kept loving her. Wow. And what, what I, when you say that, too, I just think about how we can be a light no matter where mm-hmm. we are in the darkest place. Right. We can be a light when we just share that love of Jesus and you just shine with his right. light. So. Well, and I think glory be to God. <laughs> I think when we are so full of joy and when we can praise him and really see the joy that comes from praising him, how can you be sad and angry then? You can't right. be joyful Amen. and praising at the same time right. that you're angry, right? So it's that choice too that even when you're feeling down or scared or whatever, if you choose to praise him, you're going to then... And in the storm, in the storm. Right. But it didn't even seem like a storm at all. If you were to ask me about my experience in prison, I would tell you it's holy ground. Mm. Wow. I relish that time when I was in there Mm -hmm. and those memories and the women and the opportunity um, to be uh, so close to Jesus. You know, I've said that about when I went through my divorce, that was a dark time for me. Yes. And... I really had to grow in my faith to get through that. And I'm with you. I often feel like sometimes I'm like, you know, I spent so much time in his word trying to figure Mm -hmm. uh, his plan for my life and just who I was. I had to like redefine who I was at that point. And it was a dark time, but you're right. It was just, it was a gift. Well, let me tell you, the first trial as a believer was my divorce Mm. and I chose the world Mm. and look at what happened. Yes. Right. Wow. And so I made a decision to be obedient and no matter what, right, choose him, even when it didn't look good, right? even when it did not look good. You know, he made me that promise and I could have been like, God, I lost my daughter. Right. You know, forget you. Right. Be the victim. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And, and no, mm-hmm. for, you know, God gives and he takes away, right? Glory be the name of the Lord. Absolutely. And, and, and he is all that we need. Yeah. And everything comes after that. Yes. Everything comes after that. I was able to do a lot of prayer fasts while I was in prison, and which leads me into the next couple of Jesus stories I'll tell you. Um, I read the book, The Circle Maker by yes. Mark Batterson. Yes. Love that mm-hmm. book. Yes. And we would write for 40 days, we would add prayers and I would, you know, add some and they would have some. And 
I was, I was walking in my unit and um, I was talking to God about addiction in Sioux City and I was saying, God, this program I'm in is really great. You know, you should have something like this in Sioux City, but with you. We have no, I mean, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is the answer, right. along with cognitive behavioral therapy. I believe you both need tools and you need Jesus. And so um, I felt like he was, he said to me, you should open this in Sioux City. And I'm like, God, you got the wrong girl. Right. I'm in, I'm in federal prison. I don't have any money. Mm-hmm. I don't have a business degree. And then he reminded me of every Bible character ever. Yes. Moses, Nehemiah, Gideon, David. Nehemiah, I don't know if I said him already, but there he is again. And um, so I prayed and fasted over it for 40 days. And in my prayer, I said, God, if this is what you want me to do, prepare paths, soften hearts, open doors, and make it clear. And put people in my way that do know what they're doing. And on the day that I broke fast, um, in Isaiah 58, uh, it talks about praying and fasting. And it says, um, if you're not like, hey, look at me, and um, you are kind, and you do all these things, that on the day that you break fast— you will cry out and he will say, here I am. And the glory of the Lord will go before you and his righteousness will be your rear guard. Meaning he will answer you. He will say, here I am. He will get glory and he will have your back. Wow. And so on the day that I broke fast, a Spanish speaking girl that I was not friends with invited me to her church. Um, I don't speak Spanish, at least nothing appropriate. And, <laughs> and I went to her church and, um, and it wasn't Spanish as that I had anticipated. And halfway through, he in English said, I don't normally do this, but I have a message for somebody. He said, it's so intense. He said, I just really need to lay hands on you guys and figure out who it's for. And um, so everybody went to the front. I took it as an altar call. I knew Jesus. It was a small space. I didn't want to go, but this um, one of my bonitas, she was like pushing me and she said, go, go. Uh, he laid his hands on me. Tears started streaming from his face. I had never met him before. He had never heard my prayer. He said, daughter, it is you I have the message for. He repeated, I always get a little emotional at this part too, my part back verbatim. God wants me to tell you, he is um, opening doors. He is preparing hearts and he is um, preparing paths and softening hearts. And he goes, and you will preach the good news, which that part wasn't in my vocabulary. I was like, okay, okay. And like, did this really just happen? Right. Right. Oh. Fast forward with a partner and a beautiful board of directors from 10 different churches. We are opening a faith-based treatment center um, and cognitive behavioral therapy for men called Agape Community Services. It houses 60 inpatient, 60 outpatient. It's nine to 12 months, a therapeutic community. And we're just in the process of solidifying the land um, currently. And yeah, God is super good. I oh, and, and here's the deal. When it's open, it's so big that people are not going to say that is Shelly right. or that is Terry. They're going right. to be like, wow, that, that has is, to be God. That is amazing. That is. What a Jesus story. What a story. You know, uh, we could have hours and hours yes. of conversation <laughs> with you. And therefore, we will have you back to continue telling us your Jesus stories, your praise stories. Basically, God is amazing. Yes. I met the man of my dreams. I have all of my children. I get to make a difference for him every day. That's like awesome. Literally, that promise, he will give me the desires of my heart. He did times a million yeah. every day, every day, yes. every day. And there's been more trials. It has not been easy. Life is hard. God is good. Yes. It has not been yep. easy. But can I tell you, the joy, like over, you know what, not my cup overfloweth, my, my bathtub. <laughs> oh, I it's love bigger that. than the cup. It's bigger That's than right. the cup. But as we wind up our time here, what's ultimately do you want people to take away um, from your story and the choices that you've made and how they too can have 
that overwhelming joy of Jesus in their hearts? I would say really just figure out who he is so that you can figure out who you are. Mm -hmm. And first focus on being, let him heal all of the holes in your heart, Mm -hmm. heal any trauma because life is hard and we all have a story, right? Maybe it's different than mine, but we all have a story. Mm -hmm. We all have things that we go through. The moment we take our eyes off him, you know, like when we put it on the storm, it is stormy. Right. But when you put your eyes on him, you get to have the shoes of peace. You get to have all of those gifts in the spirit. Like you get to have Jesus. Right. And there's nothing else that matters. And he'll keep you afloat. You are so inspiring. We just so appreciate you. Team Jesus. We are definitely going to have you on again because we want to continue this conversation. And we hope all of our listeners have been as inspired as we have. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We pray that you have been edified by listening to Choose Podcast. We hope that our conversation has encouraged and equipped you on ways to make godly choices in your everyday life. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. And thank you to those who walk alongside Choose Ministry financially. If you feel led to partner alongside us, you can check the link in our podcast description below. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. And I choose to believe.